Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To repeat, Herb Santana had surgery on the middle finger of his right hand. And uh, uh, surprisingly, they're calling it successful. And uh, LeBron and uh, Irv will be out three months. So the Twins' need for a pitcher only is uh, more uh, severe than it was uh, a day ago. So Mark Wicker is with us, L.A. Daily News. How you doing, sir? Good. How are you, Patrick? I am good. Uh, you had 10 of the greatest years of your life writing in Philadelphia uh, from uh, 78 to 87. Uh, that had to be a great town to write sports in, man. It sure was. You had four, uh, when I got there, there were four newspapers uh, in town, and there were two in the suburbs, and so you had six beat writers on every sport. <laughs> and you, you travel around, and competition was intense, but uh, there was always a lot going on. I mean, you, you got up in the morning, you looked at the Inquirer and the Bulletin and the Daily News and the, briefly the Philadelphia Journal and then Camden and Wilmington. So you had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on and, you know, the fans there, that was a good time to be there because, uh, from an interest standpoint, because all four of the teams were pretty good. The Phillies won and the Sixers won and the Eagles were, were in the hunt all the time and so were the Flyers. And, and plus you had Villanova winning and, uh, 85 in basketball so you have a lot of stuff going on yeah the uh it is it is astounding when you consider you know the 76ers were uh were as much fun as any team you could watch and then the flyers of course of what they make the yep. playoffs 25 years in a row or something like that and uh the phillies won it for the first time what was that town like in 80 when they finally when they won it for the first time it was uh, it was incredible because uh, they didn't they didn't really see it coming. They had a lot of disappointments in the playoffs in the, the late seventies, and in seventy nine they they had a pretty mediocre season. And in eighty they were dead in the water going into September, and all of a sudden they they got it together and they got some they got some stuff going going into the playoffs, and then they beat Kansas City, and and that was the that was the time when you know everybody was running out on the field after you win and causing a problem. So that, that's when they had the horses and the dogs in the stadium <laughs> the, for the last game. They had the German shepherds on the on the top of the dugout, and you had you know two hundred horses out on the morning track, and it was kind of like being in the in the winter league. And uh, you know I don't know what would have happened if Kansas City had come back and won that game six, but. Uh, yeah, they kept the people off the field, and, and I remember Dick Young was very excited about that. He thought that was one of the greatest things he ever saw. <laughs> he didn't want, he didn't like the uh, fact that the fans might be having too much fun, huh? Right, yeah, and he, he liked that show of authority. You know? 
But uh, great characters, too. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, of course, then the Eagles go I mean, go to the Super Bowl uh, a couple of months later and, uh, and uh, get beat. But uh, uh, Vermeil was an uh, interesting cat, too, right? Oh, he was the greatest. I mean, he was... <laughs> He was every every day there was something going on. He just he just you know laid everything out there on his sleeve, and and the players were were good because they were having fun, and the team wasn't that good. But you know he he got every drop out of him. He squeezed everything he could out of him, and uh, you know Jaworski was a good guy. And yet uh, Reggie White came along later after Dick was gone. But uh, yeah, Dick was Dick was unbelievable. I mean, he was uh, he he uh, he was always on and. Uh, you know, he, he he actually did spend most of the week in the office, and uh, he was oblivious to everything. I remember he didn't know, he didn't know what the royal wedding was. Somebody <laughs> asked him about the royal wedding, and he didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> What's the, the famous Rolling the, Stone story? What was? Yeah, that? I was gonna. I was just getting ready to say that they they practiced over at JFK Stadium where they used to have the Army Navy game, and the uh, Rolling Stones were uh, going to have a concert over there, and that was going to take up most of the week. And so somebody, you know, we all thought that would set Dick off, and. Dick said, nah, nah, it's okay. We'll practice over here. It won't be a problem. He said, and somebody asked him kind of jokingly, I said, well, have you ever heard of the Rolling Stones? And uh, he said, oh, yeah, sure. I, I know who the Rolling Stones are. I said, said, my son takes that magazine. They put out that Rolling Stones magazine. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, somebody told, uh, I think Dittinger told me that when Leonard Toast, you know, of course, got, he'd hired for meal, gave him the chance, and then Leonard went bust uh, and uh, lost the Eagles, lost all the money he had, was basically mm-hmm. a pauper that Vermeil paid his uh, bills for a long time uh, near near the end of his life. Yeah, the thing, I mean, Dick was a great guy and still is. I mean, he was uh, he would have been a great guy to play for, except he was a slave driver, and yes. I think he probably they probably took about ten years off the careers of all those players. But you know, there's no way they would have gotten to the Super Bowl. And, and then when he went to the Rams, he, he kind of mellowed out. He, was a little bit less of a dictator, and, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl too. But uh, you know, I you know people make fun of Dick for crying and being all emotional, but he was, he was real. He was just a he was that's just the way he was, and and he was extremely entertaining and, and really really smart. And uh, I, I enjoyed being around him, and and that old Eagle scene back there was a lot of fun. And uh, the Philly fans, of course, have a unique uh, reputation. Uh, how did you find them as? Uh as uh, critics and readers and uh, just just in general? Well, they were, I mean, they were pretty unhappy most of the time. <laughs> I mean, they, they always wanted the coach fired and they, they had these scapegoats <laughs> and everything, but, you know, and, and uh, but when you won, they were, it was no, there was no better place to, to be because they, they were all behind you and, until, and then they maybe give you a, a few months grace period and start screwing <laughs> up again. I mean, they'll, they'll be, they'll be calling for Doug Peterson's head if they're three and four next year. There's no question about that. But yeah, you have a bunch of people who, um, you know, there's been a lot of losing going on there. I mean, the Phillies are, they have the worst winning percentage in baseball as a, as a franchise. And, and the Eagles, as you know, uh, you know, went a long time without it. The Flyers now haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1975. That's one of the longest droughts, too. And, and you know, they're just uh, – but, you know, I, I think that they're a little bit – I mean, when you would go after people, as, as a, several of us did, you know, sometimes they, would, they wouldn't they would react well to that either. They had, they had their favorites. I mean, there's no question. I mean, they love Julius Serving. They love Bill Berge. Um, there were there were guys there that they really uh, that they didn't get on, you know. That, I mean, they loved Steve Carlton, 
for the most part. And uh, and they really like that 2008 team. They, every time Chase Utley goes back there, it's like, uh, you know, a conquering hero. They give him standing ovations whenever he does anything. So, it, there's a there's a soft heart behind all that. Yeah, well, uh, they uh, they took over this town. Uh, there had to be three times as many Eagles fans in town as there were Patriots fans. They were willing to. You look at them; they look a little blue collar, but they were willing to pay the three grand to yeah. get in the stadium. It was incredible. Well, I like the fact that you know that Mike Trout showed up and he sat out there with the people. He didn't. Have, he wasn't in a seat, you know, suite or anything. He was out there with with the with the people there, which was very typical of him, I think. And um, but it's really changed. I mean, when I was there, all four teams were kind of considered to be equal in terms of fan interest. The Phillies maybe had a little bit of an edge, but the last ten fifteen years, it's been all Eagles. I mean, the Eagles have dwarfed everybody else in the town in in terms of interest and and uh, fan. Uh, fan enthusiasm and, and that's uh, and they haven't been winners all that time either so uh, i mean the eagles eagles have really taken off there and of course now it's going to be way out of control now you've uh, been in la for a long time uh, the southern california area but uh Probably have never met two characters to equal uh, Paul the Pope Owens and uh, Huey Alexander, his super scout, uh, who uh, created that Phillies' first ever World Series. No, and you throw Dallas Green in there too. Yeah, I mean, uh, those three guys. I mean, they were. You know, the whole game has changed completely. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you had to. If you were on the Eagles, I mean, the Phillies beat you. You had, and if you were, especially if you were in Chicago, where they all day games. Um, you had to follow the Pope around, and sometimes that would sometimes that would take you into the next morning because he might get uh, he might get drunk enough to tell you something. You know? And that happened more than once to several of us. And uh, but he, you know, they were all they were all. Old. I mean, it was a great education to be around them, and, and they were far far more interesting than the. Uh, these uh, kids who are running running franchises today—that's for sure. And uh, the, who gave the Pope the Pope nickname? You know, I think somebody uh, somebody thought he looked like uh, Pope Pius back in the fifties. You know, because little bald headed guy, bald headed guy. So they uh, and his name was Paul too. You know, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just but it, it kind of uh, it kind of stuck when he was managing the, the team in the in the eighties um, and when they went to the World Series in eighty three. You know, Larry Anderson had this Pope mask that he would walk around on. And, you know, it was pretty funny. But uh, he was, uh, all those guys, you know, Huey, of course, uh, was, uh, was, was a legend, you know, in terms of being a scout. And, uh, and you know, they, baseball winter meetings, they were at their best. They, they, uh, they, did, they, they went all night long, for sure. Hey, Wick, uh, one week and then the uh, pros are at uh, Riviera, uh, and uh, Eldrick's supposed to be there, right? Is he coming this Yeah, it's going to be a great field. It's Spieth and McElroy and Dustin Johnson and uh, and, uh, Thomas and just about all all the big ones are going to be here almost. And, uh, you know, he will be a little bonus for the uh, golf tour, but they really don't need him with these kids, do you think? Well, I, you know, the the ratings were way up uh, when he was in San Diego, even though he was, you know, really not a, I mean, he was a factor in, on, I mean, he made the cut and he finished 23rd, but he was, you know, he was teeing off the back nine, their front nine, both of those uh, days on the weekend. So uh, I, I think, uh, I think he had something. I think, I still think people are, are going to be curious and he hasn't played Riviera and so on, but I think they'll, he'll have a huge gallery. Um, here and uh, of course they'll probably put him with McElroy or somebody like that to make it even bigger. But uh, he, I was a little bit 
surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been, but in San Diego, he was like Bad Piper. They were following him around like they used to. Hey, uh, L.A. Country Club's going to host the Open when? A couple, three years, right? 2024. It's, okay. it's far enough in the future that I know I won't be involved in. <laughs> well, really it, it will be a chance for America to see that place because they've never really let the uh, the pros get on there, and it, it's kind of a change in philosophy for that rather exclusive place. Well, I wanted, they had the Walker Cup there in the fall, and I wanted to go just to see it, and uh, it conflicted with a lot of football and stuff, so I didn't get to go. But, um, yeah, it's a totally from people who have been inside. It's, it looks like uh, from what they say, it looks like Shinnecock Hills right there in the middle of uh, Los Angeles. I mean, it's right there off Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, right. I've, I've driven but by it, but never had the temerity to right. go up to the front gate. So, And they even had an NCAA regional there a few really? years ago. So they're beginning to, to let the guard down a little bit. Some of their members want to make it, want to open it up some, and obviously they're going to have the open, which Riviera had always wanted, but they didn't have the real estate there to put up with all the tents and all that other stuff that they have. So uh, yeah, it's going to, and I'm sure the pros are looking forward too because everybody's heard about it. Just not many people have seen it. All right. Hey, thanks, Wick. Thank you. All right. Mark Wicker, LA Daily News. You can read his stuff. He's got a good column uh, posted right now. I put it on my Twitter account on uh, NFL and what they might do to, even though they don't have that big of problems, that uh, there might be some ideas on how to uh, deal with some of the problems. We'll be back. This is The Ride with Roycey. Makes you happier, healthier, more intelligent, and honest, according to new research. Oh, Roycey, you're I, in luck. I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. Now, it's time for Joe and Pat's Sports Person of the Week. And now Shannon Fartin, he scores! Shen, a power play goal, and the Blues take a 2 nothing lead. Yes, yes, it's true. I consult with Joe every day before I name the sports person of the day. So even though that might sound like an old promo, no, 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 it's right up. That's to date. right. Uh, and our sports person of the day is Braden Shen. And Reavers, you will agree with me that when it comes to sports, Manny Hill has a big brain. Yes, he does. Big brain. And I said to Manny Hill. Who is Brandon Shen? Braden Shen. B R A Y D E N. And he thought and he thought and he said, I have no idea. Do you know who Braden Shen is? I, I don't. That's why I'm curious because this is why I love sports person of the day. And you also, we don't talk sports, we teach sports. That's right. That's we what even we do here. teach ourselves. We teach sports. ourselves sports. <laughs> I looked at the St. Louis Blues stats today. Oh, boy. You know, to just to ch- you know, because you were researching for the game. Wild yes. playing there tonight, trying to get finally get revenge for last year's uh, playoff <laughs> dismissal and discovered that Braden Shen is their leading scorer. Wow. 21 goals, and he has more points. Tarasenko also has 21, but he's got more points than him. And I thought, well, he must be a rookie. Braden Shen? I sure, never heard, never heard of him. Of him. I mean, you, know, you can't fool and me. And this is a division rival. We you, would know who this yeah, is. You can't fool me for all these years, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, Braden played briefly with the L.A. Kings in 2009-10 and 2010-11. Made a de- played in 54 games for the Flyers in 2012. And was a Flyers regular for five years after that. Wow. Now, he's a former number one draft choice, 
and he's uh, only 26 years old. So God, I was he, afraid you were going to say he played for the Wild. He's, no, <laughs> he did. He did, but he had 25 last year in Philadelphia, and then during and draft day last year, Philadelphia traded him to the Blues for uh, two number ones and also some uh, player of, of little note. But he's having a good year. He's got 21 goals, 30 assists, 51 points. And I've been reading about him a little bit, that uh, he was very happy when he got to St. Louis because he could start playing center again. Mm -hmm. And now St. Louis is a really good player, that Jaden Schwartz, who uh, used to be a uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawk, I believe. He might have played there when they were still the Sioux, or maybe when they were the when they were going North through the Dakota transition. Nobodies. Yeah, he might have been there when we the when North they were Dakota, just North Dakota. North Dakota, we don't have a name. When they were the Fighting Who? Yeah, yeah, the Fighting <laughs> Who's. Uh, well, uh, he is. He missed two months with a broken ankle. Who knew? Uh, Schwartz did not know that. But he's hmm. back. So and now they got the three boys on the line together. Uh, they got Tarasenko. They got Schwartz, and in the middle. They have the sports person of the day, Braden Shen. How about that? And uh, congratulations to you, Braden. And you know what I'm predicting? He gets one tonight. You think so? Usually when you're the sports person of the day, you do something You come out notable. firing a bullet, absolutely. You do something you notable. Know, I was... Uh, have you, we found the old certificates, by the way. I, we're, we're still working on that. But I, I was, saw Jamie Erdahl at the, uh, <laughs> the, Super Bowl? at the Super Bowl on Radio Row... But she, I asked her if she knew where the certificates went, and she could. She didn't know where we put them. Are they still in that dusty cabinet in the <laughs> producer's room? Somewhere they were in that cabinet. Yes, they were <laughs> hundreds of them. You know, I think it would be a great, a great thing though to mail to find like Braden, Braden Shen, St. Louis Blues. St. Louis, Missouri. Well, have him open his mail in the sports. Congratulations! Person of the day. You're the sports person of the day on Ride on the Ride you know, with that, I, That's where I was going because when I heard the sounder, it was making me misty for uh, those yes. old awards that we would hand out. In which half the time, uh, the research team that would get together and come up with the mayor's sports person <laughs> of the week would inform the mayor who it was, and then he would follow that up with by saying. Who the hell is that? <laughs> well, just like we did Brady. Right there. Boom. That's the beauty of the sports person of the day. The sports person of the day, when Joe and I were on for two hours a day together talking sports, I should have gotten a bonus for that. I'll tell you that. We all should have. But Reavers, the, great thing the, about it, the great thing about it is, I, I think I came up with, let's have... We'll we got to have a, a thing. We'll kill a second. Yeah, we got to have a thing. Pick, and we each going to have a sports person. <laughs> and then after about, what, six months, oh, the mayor yeah. said, I'm not doing it. Like you guys. <laughs> so then we went down to one sports person of the day instead one. of sports people of the day. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, it's back. Sports person of the day. By popular like demand. It. And I am consulting with Joe. So we can run the same. Uh, we can run the same. Uh, let's Promo. hear that again. All right, here we go. Again. Here we now, go. It's time for Joe and Pat's Sports yes. Person of the Week. Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> this is of the day, not the week. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to update that. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the charm of us. Is I, that I like so, keeping it as the Sports Person of the Week, I even though it's actually of the day. day. Oh, we did it. Once I think week. we did both. 
I think it started out as sports person of the day. And then we went to week. <laughs> went to the week <laughs> when the mayor Martin. lost interest. <laughs> well, the trouble with the four, the, the two-hour sports show. I was going to ask, did you guys started? do it? Was it Saturdays you guys no, did it? Or? this was during the week. This was during the week. Right. Okay. Uh, Noon. I did noon. I did noon to two with Mackie, and then Joe and I did two to four. Okay, and then Joe did garage four to six. Four to six. Yep. But in the middle, it was Joe and I doing sports for two hours, and he'd be really involved until about two oh eight. He'd start looking at his watch. Well, he did that first break. He'd be like. Wow, what another hour and 45 minutes, huh? <laughs> he now looks at me in 315 and says, what the hell? What are we going to talk about, about next? <laughs> oh, my God. It was God. classic. I wonder if we got old tapes of that one. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is, Ricey, with the most bored man in America. <laughs> <laughs> Here on the ride with Roycey. It ain't too fast. It should be illegal. Just <laughs> too fast. On 1500 ESPN. Here is John Height with a distressing sports update for Twins fans. And before I get to that and my sponsor, I have a sports person of the day story to yes. pass along also. Okay. Uh, I was sitting out at my desk when you fellows were doing this, and it must have been toward the end of the run of the bit, I guess. <laughs> you two are standing there, and you said... Johnny, you want to be sports person of the day? I said, sure. So Joe took one of the sheets and filled it out with my name and gave it to me. <laughs> so you guys took it pretty seriously, uh, obviously. I, okay, I'll, I'll repeat this part on the air that I repeated off the air. I think the beginning of the decline of sports person of the day and the transition to sports person of the week happened. You know, when Joe tasked me with, he's like, listen, dummy, I need you to come up with a guy for this bit we do every day. And I said, okay, no, no problem. And so I remember it was a Monday after a busy NFL Sunday. I said, Joe, here's your guy, Danny Woodhead, running back for the, then for the Patriots. I said, he had a monster game. He's an undersized kid, you know, no name, whatever. And he looked at me with all sincerity and went, who the bleep is that? You bleep bleep. <laughs> and then he thought, because of the name, he thought I was making it up. <laughs> and I said, you because know, Rook and I would, would have some liberties with the mayor from time to time. And I said, no, Joe, I'm telling you, this is a legit player in the in the NFL. Another oh, guy that Brady God. threw touchdown passes. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Danny Woodhead. You're making that name up. <laughs> this uh... This update sponsored by Sherry's Berries and Pearl Flowers. Sherry's Berries Pearl Flowers have teamed up to impress your Valentine with gifts from their perfectly paired collection. Visit berries.com today. Use promo code DRIVE to save 20% on any perfectly paired combination. On that news, Patrick was talking about Twins pitcher Irvin Santana is expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks after a surgical procedure on his middle finger of the pitching hand. The Twins making the announcement today. Uh, That would, of course, wipe out his entire spring training and at least the first couple weeks of the season. The surgery, in case you're wondering, is capsular release debridement Uh surgery. We had a debridement last year, didn't uh, didn't, Hughes? Didn't Hughes have a debridement? I think he did. Yeah. Uh, this was on the middle finger on that Irv's pitching hand. means they take something out, I think. A debridement means oh, that's they take good. something out. That's good. I also mm-hmm. saw a note that it was something that bothered him at the end of last season, but they thought if they gave it a couple shots, it might mm-hmm. be okay. 
Turns out uh, that didn't work. How about well, it? we now have an explanation, as Manny said, for his stinkeroo in Yankee Stadium. Dr. Charles Malone performed the surgery in New York City, and you know what? It was successful. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Twins announced 13 players with minor league deals have been invited to their spring training camp. Uh, of the 13, eight have major league service, and uh, I'm, I, yeah, I don't keep up as much as mm-hmm. I used to, but... Uh, I don't know. Any I think we guys. got the PCL batting champion or yeah. the International League. Yeah, we got champion. that. Yeah, I remember One they the signed him. Yeah. Minor League batting champion. Uh, well, it'll be fun though. They did invite Nick Gordon, so it'll be fun sure. to see him Good up here for him. a little bit and see what. The, so, although they now have about six shortstops prospects <laughs> yeah. in the organization, so he better keep it rolling. John, a bigger question: Do you still possess the Sports Person <laughs> of the Day certificate? Is it framed? I, Is it know, somewhere? You know what? It's not framed or anything, but I do have it. I saw it not too long ago in a stack of stuff I have sitting around. Well, yeah, these actually printed up. Oh, yeah. They're, well, they're, very, nice. they're very professional looking. Yes. And yes. it is rare because, uh, uh, full disclosure, I, I, I threw the box away. No! <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you had about five million of them. They were in my way. I was sick of looking at them. You were in Flo- you were in Florida or something, Pat. I, I threw them away. I got it all. I got a nice hug out of Jamie Erdahl at the radio row and reminded her she got her start. With That's first right. Person of the day. Uh, was she actually working or? Uh, yeah, she's CBS Sports. Oh, okay. Yeah, that she started with that and went to CBS. We've all stayed right here. Or she's kind of. <laughs> I've stayed right where I want to stay. I have no. I'm, uh, I'm an underachiever. Mm-hmm. Gophers at home tonight. I tossed them out. <laughs> Basketball. Yeah, I did. It was a big damn box. It was in the woods. <laughs> Gophers hosting the Cornhuskers of Nebraska. Nor, uh, eight and four in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Nebraska. Wild on the road tonight. They're in St. Louis to play the Blues. Uh, Vikings note, an article by NFL.com using next-gen statistics shows Vikings uh, receiver Stephon Diggs ranked number one in the league on tight window catches. Oh, yeah. Is that catch radius? Adam Thielen Thielen ranked eighth. Uh, A tight window catch defined by a receiver having less than one yard of separation from his defender. Writer Matt Harmon ranked the receivers by catch rate on tight window targets. Quarterbacks. <laughs> Manny, I blame your crowd for this. This is your people. Yes. And Mackie, too, you yeah. nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diggs posted the number one catch rate, 61.9%, mm-hmm. and the number one passer rating on tight window throws. He was ninth in yards. Speaking catch. of catch radius, where is Laquan rate on this uh, scale? Yeah. Not enough reception. Probably to, uh, didn't show up. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. Uh, Kenny, I will admit to you, I had never heard of the term really? catch radius until they started talking about it with Laquan Treadwell last year. Now we year. got the yeah. tight window. Well, tight window. This is the first time I've heard of yeah. tight window. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense, but, mm-hmm. you know. To the window, to the to wall. wall. Oh, yeah. Mackie will be all over that tomorrow, and then we're going to have to evaluate the quarters, quarterbacks on how much courage they have to throw it into a tight window. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. You even had a sounder made. Wow. We had to dust that baby off. Yeah, you oh. found the a day one because we downgraded yeah. from a day to a week. Yeah. And, and no, it was a bigger honor. Instead of just one sure. day, you got oh, the I whole week we now. And what I like yeah, about I the, uh, the Sports Person of the Day, every recipient of, uh, recipient of it, when they got it, they go, what, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, like Zach Parisi's in the mailroom and he's getting, like, what the hell that is this thing? Of success. <laughs> right next to his publisher's clearinghouse. What the hell is junk mail doing here? 
<laughs> We're going to have to get them again and mail them obscurely to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little behind. But they just open up their, <laughs> the best they ones. Open up their envelope. You pick some, say, you know, bobsledder out in yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah, Poor Jamie's going, well, how do I find out where this guy lives? I'm like, I, I, I don't think know. It's a kind of tough assignment that got her where she is. <laughs> I think that they would be better if you just wrote them out on yellow legal paper <laughs> and sent that out. <laughs> All right, Johnny, thank you. you bet. The ride with Royce now continues. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Manny, we haven't discussed the Magic Johnson fine. Uh, that was probably going to oh be your gosh. daily complaint. Yeah, it was, but we could talk about it now. But the uh, what happened? NBA has fined <laughs> Magic Johnson fifty thousand dollars for saying nice things about Giannis. What you call it? Uh, the Greek the couple. Yeah, the Greek Reavers, freak. That's actually really good. Thank What's you. His, uh, what was his quote? His quote was uh, like... Uh, was it a tampering well, thing? Yeah, but... Yeah, they, they, it was basically all, for ES, tampering. ESPN goes to him. Yeah, and, and asks, asks him, him... Because he's a 6'9 point guard, you know, Magic Right, was, just like Magic was. he's a 6'10 point guard. So he asked him about it, a guy named Nick Friedel. He said, oh, yeah... With his ball handling skills and his passing ability, ask him if he, as Jansen watches from afar, he can't help but see and enjoy the parallels between his game and that of the Bucks big man. Oh, yeah. With his ball handling skills and his passing ability, he plays above the rim. I never could do that. But in his understanding of the game, his basketball IQ, his creativity of shots for his teammates, that's where we have the same thing. Can bring it down, make a pass, make a play. I'm just happy starting in the All-Star game because he deserves that. And he's going to be like an MVP champion. That dude, he's going to put Milwaukee on the map, and I think he's going to bring them a championship one day. And they find him. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Especially there should be when nothing wrong wow. with that. Especially when him. you're when they approach you. And you're Magic Johnson. It's not like you're, you know, yeah. Scott Layden and you're talking yeah, about yeah, another and player. He doesn't say, hey, kid, come over here. And I want be- to say this about him. The it's best ridiculous. Part, the best part, too, Reavers, is the Bucks Instagram account then made a post. It's a little picture of. And, and it has Magic's quote yeah. above, like a picture of Giannis talking you know, about how great he is, talking about how great yeah. he is, and all this other stuff. And I, I would, think I think the Bucks have since deleted the post. I, but I, uh, unless the Bucks complain, somebody up above the guy running the Instagram post. But what what would be the possible motive? Uh, well, I mean, and you, you wonder want, too. You want a, you're you're one of your greatest players ever is. Pumping up one of your players, one of your in stars, an one of your rising city. stars. You would think yeah. that they'd want more of that but, kind but, of thing. But you know what it is. This is this is. I think this was a knee jerk reaction by the league because of the Paul George thing last year. Yes, because yeah, it's, it's just any any any. They think he's up to something. When yeah, they think this. they it's think magic. now anytime they think now anytime he talks about another player on another team that he that there's I some wouldn't sort be of, surprised if they yeah. uh, renege on it. Well, and I wonder too because of how you know what's gone on the last couple of years with so much player movement and mm-hmm. the creation of the super teams. I get trying to curb some of that, but this is one of your all-time historic players in your league, and he was asked about and he was asked it. about it. Well, yeah, and think, and think about this. 
How many times does Tom Thibodeau, after a Wolves game, when somebody, when Marnie or somebody asks him, "Hey, you know, what do you? Another what about what about you know, Courtney Lee had had four threes tonight. Yeah, yeah he, does, he does a great job shooter. shooting the ball. Blah yeah, blah yeah. blah. It's it's basically the same thing. Yes. Hey, we didn't get a chance to do uh, sport. Uh, yes, we did sports first of the day. Uh, you need the sounder again? Today in history, we didn't get the chance to do oh, that's it because right. the yes. Irv Santana news broke. Well, it was going to be Anastasia Tchaikovsky, who on February 6, 1928, she showed up on a ship that came into New York City and claiming to be that she was a daughter of the Tsar of Russia, who had miraculously escaped. Uh, she was a Romanov daughter, had a rac- miraculously escaped from what was believed to be the execution of her entire family in Russia by the Bolsheviks during the revolution. And she was with a guy named Gleb Botkin. Uh, she was welcomed to New York by a guy named Gleb Botkin, the son of the Romanov family doctor who was executed along with his, uh, along with the Romanovs in 1918. Botkin started calling her Your Highness and claimed that she was without a doubt the Grand Duchess Anastasia, <clears throat> with whom he has played as a child. Uh, and between 1918 and 1928, uh, she was, uh, you know, all pretty well feted as uh, perhaps uh, the, uh, perhaps this is true. Uh, and, and there was a great movie made about it in 1956. I think it won an Academy Award. Uh, with Ingrid Bergman playing her and uh, the, the, the king of, uh, you know, uh, Yul Brenner was in the movie. Well, it proved to be a hoax, as most people, but not till years later were they able to disprove it completely, that she was not. But what struck my eye in reading about this was what the Bolsheviks did on July 17th, 1918, to make sure that uh, the czar, Nicholas, and his wife, Alexandra, and and their five children could make no claim to power. Mm -hmm. On July 17th, 1918, Nicholas, Alexandra, their five children, and four family uh, helpers, including Dr. Botkin, were ordered to dress quickly and go down to the cellar of the house. There, the family and servants were arranged in two rows for a photograph, they were told, to quell rumors that they had escaped. Suddenly, a dozen armed men burst into the room and shot the imperial family in a hail of gunfire. Those who were still breathing when the smoke cleared were stabbed to death. The executioners then took the bodies to an abandoned mine shaft some 14 miles away, burned them in gasoline-filled bonfire, and doused the bones with sulfuric acid to further disguise the remains. Holy cow. They did not want the Romanovs around. No. And it's hard to believe we got people to believe that Anastasia somehow escaped this. But uh, anyway, uh, she she showed up and uh, apparently duped uh, people for quite some time. Hey, uh, Norm uh, Norm Grohl was a great high school basketball player in Minnesota, leading scorer in the state for uh, any number of years for what he accomplished at Foley High School, and then uh, played for the Gophers, and was a pretty good gopher, Norm Grohl. Well, his grandson, Kevin Grohl, is uh, playing at Carleton and has been playing at Carleton. 
Last night at St. Thomas, uh, uh, this Kevin Grohl picked up his 2,000th career block, 200th career block, and along with uh, became only the third player in MIC history with a thousand points, nine hundred rebounds, and two hundred blocks. Wow. He's a, a terrific player. I did a little something on. You remember Carlton basketball had that fourteen game winning streak. That's right. Last yes. Year. And uh, Grohl leads the MIC in re- rebounding and block shots. And uh, he is a uh, terrific player down there. Was and he from they, the same high school as Grandpa? Was it Foley High School no, too? No, he did not. I think. Oh, he okay. went, I think he went to school in the suburb here. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, the that's really cool though. Uh, Norm Grow, who held Minnesota high school basketball single game and career scoring records for many years before going to play for the Gophers. So uh, Kevin Grow is uh, winding up a very good career at Carleton. I went down and saw the Oles and the Johnnies on Saturday. Johnny's had a 14-game winning streak, but the Oles fed them their lunch. Really? St. Olaf's got a good club. They're both two good clubs, but uh, St. John's was leading the country in shooting percentage, making 41% of their threes. They were throwing bricks for a while in the first half, and St. Olaf tore them apart. We shall be back with a Daily Complaints. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. Hold on to your butts. On 1500 ESPN. Manny, do you got a new one or are you sticking with the magic fine? Well, the magic one is still there, but my complaint, and I've been seeing our guy Judd, he's been going at it with uh, a few Philly fans today mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. My, th- my complaint. Philly fans, just enjoy your Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Just you enjoy your Super Bowl. What are you, you're still mad. Yeah. You know what? You were destroying your city the last couple of nights. Yes. You know what? You should be mocked and ridiculed for that because it's embarrassing. You had a fan that ate horse poop. Yes. Yeah, just, I mean, it, it is embarrassing and people are going to talk about you. But you know what? Just enjoy your damn well, Super Wicker Bowl. Well, just told us that within about, if they're three and four next year, they'll be ripping Doug Peterson. So oh, yeah, probably. They, they won right. the Super Bowl. They had 24 hours of celebration. Now they're mad at a guy in, uh, in uh, the Twin Cities for making fun of him. Yeah. Per, per the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, mm-hmm. as many as eight libraries face being closed or consolidated in an effort to save $2.5 million per year starting in 2019, and other cuts are on their way because... Enjoy the new stadium for Arthur Blank. Bingo. No, no, the Braves' new stadium, oh, Patrick. the Braves' The new people stadium. of Cobb County are upset because they were never given a chance to vote. This was publicly funded. And I have friends that live there. I love baseball. This was an absolute snow job that the Braves pulled over on Cobb County. And uh, they, uh, there's not a hell of a lot you can do about it now, folks. No. All the Braves aren't going to write out a check. I hear it's a joke. I mean, The stadium just, itself is stadium. okay, but you can't get there uh, because it's just a disaster. And you can't get there, and plus they gave them all this real estate, too, yep. right? Yes. So uh, there's and development around Wasn't there. the whole point of them building this new ballpark was because it was supposedly so tough to get to Turner mm-hmm. Field? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, whole, everything about it is just, it's been a joke. My, it's too bad. Uh, my daily complaint is we should have domed Target Field. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What the hell? It's been fun while it lasted, but you're, I'm with Joe. You're opening April, April 1st. Or how about a retractable roof? 
Yeah. Would you have been okay with that? Yeah, that's right. And of course, you would have had to build it someplace else. You yeah, you wouldn't have been able to do it. Can't wait. April 1st, and Jaime Garcia is going to be starting uh, an opening day for the Twins. And... Yeah, we got to save. Yeah, because Jose will have to pitch opening day in uh, Baltimore. So, right? Yeah. Now that uh, Irv Santana out for uh, probably till June 1st, folks. So, Snow, we don't know what's happening with him. Bad signs already. <laughs>